Three, two, one. Good evening, good morrow, and good morning. All you metaphysically magical, magnanimous motherfuckers out there, hope you're doing well. Welcome to the, the continuation of the sexiest conversation about the one, the only, the Bhagavad Gita as it is. Yes, we love our good, get alone, the books that move us the way we need to be moved, right? You want a good fucking, you got to have it the way it feels the best. So as we get into that, I've got the one and the only, the soul magic, the keeper of the light of the sun, the hidden word. Welcome, brother. How are you doing tonight? It's a pleasure to be on. I'm doing pretty good. Yourself? Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Don't, don't, mind, the, don't mind the smoke. Uh, we're gonna let, that, <laughs> let that clear out a little bit. It's incense. It's incense. That's we're never ready. a problem. <laughs> Can I buy from men? <laughs> Fuck no, man. Let's, let's, let's lit it. We matching, right? <laughs> so as we hit it tonight, what we want to break into is a continuation on a conversation that we left off with the Bhagavad Gita. Now, this sexy text is one that, you know, it's a mouthful. It's one you got to take inch by inch, piece by piece, word by word. And as Sol and I have spent some time reading it, working with it, and being affected by the spirit, the light, the wisdom that's kept within it, we want to we want to break into what's the cliff notes? What's the TLDR version about what this text is and why it is that we should pick it up? How can we use it to work within our world? So first question to you, my good boy, is what the fuck is the Bhagavad Gita? The Bhagavad, well, the Bhagavad Gita is, uh, is referred to as an epic. You know, it's uh, one of the great quote-unquote Hindu epics. It's also regarded by uh, uh, another is the Ramayana. Um, and both of those deal with incarnations or avatars of Lord Vishnu. Um, actually, the uh, it's a part of a larger epic called the Mahabharata. And basically it illustrates, I think we hit on it before, um, uh, Vishnu's pledge to humanity. Vishnu, Narayana, is basically the most high. And he's asleep in a sense. And this universe came into existence as a result of his sleeping, but he enters into his dream to save mankind every time evil gets to a certain level. And so uh, in the Ramayana, he takes the form of Lord Rama. In the Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavan, which means Lord, he takes the form of Lord Krishna to once again come and save humanity. So it's, a, it's an epic, it's a great story, many morals, or oh, if you just like reading uh, uh, adventure, that's the book for you. <laughs> Shit, I'll be honest, when it comes to adventure and like, you know, tight critical moments, every good story is one you can relate to. And this is one that felt really relatable. And I was, I was, I was surprised because it's old, like, I mean, it's old when it comes to texts and stories because it, it, it ain't no Christian Bible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Old isn't the word. If I'm not mistaken, the Mahabharata uh, comes from uh, literature that is the oldest religious text known to man. God. <laughs> you know, And it still takes me some time to fully digest that because in my mind, up until you know, learning that, it was what we call hieroglyphics. It was, you know, Egypt. 
you know. And then, of course, you learn that they're contemporaries of one another. They kind of spring off around the same time, which is interesting. There's okay. So there's a lot of theory in that particular one when you regards to like, you know, the, this is the influence of the pyramid as a shape that you can see has arrived and shown up across time or across the world relatively at the same time. You see the same kind of evolution, this progress. So I think that goes to show, or at least nothing else, hypothesize, hint at the connection that society and people has irrespective of this. Tell me, what do you think would be more likely? And these are always fun games to play a little bit of odds and probability uh, that collectively, the collective consciousness of humanity leveled up at once being part of the same thing, or that an exterior force visited and supplanted or taught so it's like it was like do you think it was uh would it be more likely that we evolved naturally because this was this natural state of progression due to our evolution where we were at to arrive at this next logical step of building of progress or that it was an outside force acting almost uh by will or by intervention to take us to this point to give us this knowledge if we, if we consider um if we look at, well, if you look at the Mahabharata, if you look at the Hindu epics in general, it's overtly them saying that there was outside forces. Um, you got people flying around, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not, they, they yeah. dropping bombs by speaking a couple of words. You know, they have these, these fantastic weapons, these ships. The OG these, rappers. Yeah, there's no, there's no distinction between, um, inner and outer space in a sense you know it's no big deal that these people are from a different dimension like it would be a big deal to us today or it would be a big deal if you look at it through the uh western lens but it's no big deal to them like this is just what it is you don't know <laughs> yeah okay so that's that's the biggest one easily it's one of the biggest kind of mouthfuls that like when you start with this text you kind of have to establish a little bit of precedent with the characters that you're talking about you know the, the, that are there because this is just one story of, that's part of bigger stories so a lot a lot of references you kind of you need to dive in into dive into but as you get into that you, there's a character we've referenced we've talked about before his name is krishna Krishna is, is established within the canon of this story, this mythos, to be the personality of God. And they said the personality of Godhead. It's kind of an interesting structure of words there. And the people just accept, they know that, that this individual is this energy, is this living conscious Christ consciousness, this God on earth. And it's just accepted. There's no challenge. There's no crucify the fucker. You know, like it's, there's, he's, there's no, he's a madman. In fact, they're venerated. They're, they're given prestige to a degree where they're they're sought out for wisdom. They almost they're they're like the oracle to a certain degree. You know, very much this character. And to believe that and to have that as such a stance, it, it, so every time you see Krishna, right? This is a god. Just this is a god on earth in physicality. This is this is the individual. Now you described it very well in the beginning. This is the dreamer having entered the dream to preserve the dream. So what do you think that means, right? So if you were, you're having a dream, right? Could, could be the best fantasy ever. It could be the best memory that you'll be living. You want to preserve it. How do you do that? Oh, them. Oh, them. Because there's several multiverses that are all happening at the same time, more than we could physically count. And Narayana enters in all of those universes to save us. 
Okay. So how would you do it? How would you, you're, you're sleeping, right? You know, you're, you're in that sexy dream. How do you save it? How do you get into it without waking yourself up? Cause you've been there before, right? You wake up from a dream, getting back can be tricky. And when you do, is it really the same? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they have, they have very uh, stringent rules on how long they, they, they're going to sleep. There's actually a story about Narayana um, going to sleep and the world basically going to shit <laughs> and they couldn't wake him up. You know, he had posted a guard outside, two guards outside, and he was like, no matter what, don't let nobody in. And so, you know, <laughs> when he went to sleep, everything in creation went to shit. The Brahmins came from Earth. You know, they went on the spiritual plane and said, we need to talk to Narayana. They was like, nah. So they cursed them. And then, you know, when he woke up, he woke up as soon as they left. And he's like, did I miss anything? And it was like, oh, yeah, shit is fucked up on Earth. And we just got cursed. <laughs> but we didn't let them wake you up, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but but more to your point, me me as a person, I really don't know. You know, like trying to fathom all because all of these universes are different, you know, and so different circumstances, different rules. One thing that Krishna uh, brings out and represents very well is the idea of yoga or union with God. And that seems to be the the fast track in all the dimensions, you know, and he he even went so far as to say that uh, a good way is the the constant practice of devotional service so you know it's it's i can't fathom having to save anybody let alone a multiverse i mean that's a that's a lot right like i couldn't i could not you know if i'm rick and morty like fuck don't make me like i I don't know that i'm ready for this kind of level engagement but yet Altogether, we're given systems, we're given, we're given the rules and I really like how we, we kind of segue beautifully into what one of those is, and that's devotion. So when we look at devotion, how do we, how do we pinpoint what is something that is de- done through devotion and something that is done through addiction per se? Like how do, how do we focus in on what devotion means and how we find this identity, this, this energy, this, this duty of devotion within our life? Well, devotion and addiction are, the, are basically the same thing. It's a it's a matter of where you're placing the uh, the why. It's your why. Okay. You know, you know an addiction would be you're you're your own why. You know, because of me, me, me. Whereas devotional service is done for Krishna in this in this context. You know, instead of saying like uh, Christians may say, "What would Jesus do?" Instead of what would Jesus do, Krishna being the supreme head of Godhead, the supreme personality of Godhead, it would effectually be what would God do? And that's a whole different question. That is that is different, right? Because when you look at this. I read, I mean, I listened to Lamb too. Well, Biff. <laughs> oh my God, bless your soul, brother. Thank the Lord. Yeah. Okay. What did you think? If we're, 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 everybody can just pause the fuck out on the bottom of the <laughs> Cause we got to roll right into the lab. Like, man, it was, uh, of course I'm, I, I listened to it on audible and the, just, you know, him going through the various schools, Biff knocking down Mary Magdalene. You know what I'm it's like, Whoa, you know what I mean? Biff knocking down everybody, everywhere they go. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the, the character of, of Jesus still known to be the son of God, 
known that he has a mission, but he himself experiencing this kind of insecurity throughout the whole thing of, am I the son of God? What does that mean? What do I do with, you know, so. Because yeah, so that was one of those ones of the text that I just like it. I thought it was, oh my God, it's so funny. It's so funny. Bit. Oh, wow. Hello. Hello. Looks like your mic went out. Oh, shit. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, no, he came in and he was just like, um, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the popular question. <laughs> Fuck me. So Biff, right, looking at this character. Com- okay, so here's actually an interesting correlation. Uh, for those to catch up, Lamb, a book by Christopher Moore, incredible one. We're going to kind of just draw a little bit of rundown here. This is about the best friend of Jesus, right? You know, if you're common, familiar with Christian story, just imagine if Jesus had a boo, had a best friend, a person who was beside him from pretty much the point in time he could have a friend to the end. What would that story have looked like? And that's pretty much what Lamb is, all done through the, the, the masterful art of one Christopher Moore. And so when we look at that, right, like Biff and Arjuna, Okay. Yeah, you can see the parallel there. All right, there's a little, there's a, there's a, there's a little similarity there. So how far have you made it? Might be asking. No, I finished it. Oh finished shit, it. you made it all the way in. Fuck me. All right. It's it's a lot easier listening to it than than sitting down and reading it. You know. Okay, so do you think? Tell me, just as as an arbitrary question, do you think it belongs as the the the, the lost and missing gospel? I think it, it could have. Uh, well, just looking at the nature of Gospels in general, they tend to be apocrypha in nature as it is. And I think that this book is definitely worthy of, it's apocrypha worthy, you know, and it, it paints a humanity. It paints a humanity, humanistic side of Jesus. It also uh, shows that Jesus wasn't necessarily just born enlightened, that he actually went in search of light and then came back and was like, okay, I got some light, but I don't, you know, to still not be recognized, you know, BC. that's what really did it for me. Like, I think uh, also the gospel of, of Judas is another one. That book, it, it just helps you to, to have a well-rounded view of the things that could possibly be, ha- be happening at that time, as opposed to the dogma that was forced down our throats some involuntarily. I think, and that's that's critical, right? When you're looking at all aspects, you you got to have the whole picture. And so when we when we round even back to the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna mm-hmm. is presented with the beautiful human, normal, muggle ass question. Like Arjuna failed the divine test of trust and was just like, "Yo, I don't know what the fuck to do." Mm-hmm. And so he's like, "Okay, well let's 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 rewind, let's let's reeducate, let's step back through this again." Uh, the hand of a friend extended again. Uh, in you know, in, in sign and token of friendship, there was there from was God like, Almighty. Oh like, shit! Right from God, you know, I'm gonna treat you like a friend. You know, there's goals. Like when it comes to all right. So and even then, I think if we not reduced Christian mythos, right? But if we were to pull out what is the basis, in my opinion, especially if you look at Lamb as as one example, you know, Christ is a friend, and I think a lot of a lot of interesting relationships in fact probably some of the most meaning 
that people take from this relationship with a name, you know, with, with, with an idea come from places where they're able to build up this relationship with it, where it's not, it's not the book. It's not the historical thing. It's the, no, I was walking down and I, I, before I stopped at the stoplight, I swore to God, I heard my name next to me. And so I stopped. And for them, that was Jesus take the wheel kind of a thing. And it took them, it, it, it was when it became real. It's when it became tangible, not when it became evangelical, not when it became esoterically apocryphal. It was when it became personal. And that's exactly the Bhagavad Gita starts it out with that. It says, listen, this is a personal experience. Excuse me. So within that personal experience, uh, looking at yourself, what's the first awareness that we come to as we start to realize that we're friends with God? Mm. I'm not sure if it's, if it's going to be a, a universal unfolding, but... In Arjun's case, they've been friends since he left. Uh, since he left the boys' village, not the boys' village, but he left the village that he was raised in when he was a cowherd. He and Arjun, in fact, he and Arjun were kind of uh, what distantly related, you know. So, you know, that's that's a little that's a little a little different of a of a relationship if we were trying to base it off of that. But from my my perspective, um. I'm not really sure because I've never really as a friend first, you know, I didn't really have that need to be scared of it, you know, whereas it seems like, like in biblically, they say that the beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord. And I think if you fear something, you, you, you're going to lack the natural curiosity to learn about it, you know? So I think you might drop there. <laughs> Just regain composure. Don't mind me. I said nothing to the, to the left. <laughs> uh, so that's an interesting space, right? With the aspect of a friend, because oftentimes I'll be honest, some of the best friends I've had in my life were people that I once, you know, like I thought with, you know, like that we, we were once in kind of a certain level of animosity. And so with Arjuna and Krishna, the idea that you have a friend in God, like you picked up your phone in the same way that like I dial, I dial you and bug the shit out of you questions all last time. Right. You know, there's God is in there. All you'd have to do is just, just boom. And, and you, you, you could for all intents and purposes in the middle of a battle or in any moment, pick up that phone and dial. What do you say? What does Arjuna say? Arjuna came straight with it. He was like, I, I can't do this. He didn't beat around the bush. No, he said, look, I can't. <laughs> I can't. You know, and I, I think, you know, that's a key point. You have to know your limitations. And, you know, I, you hear about these uh, rock bottom stories that people have where, you know, they might go to jail and find God or they go through some kind of adversity and they find God and that's their, I can't moment, you know? Okay. So let's, let's, let's kind of transition this into a slight different approach to this question. Right. So why is it that we have to learn from success or we have to learn from, we, we don't have to, but that we learn from failure versus success so differently. 
right? So here's an example. Um, I, I, I know that I can think of something and oftentimes feel something happen before it happens. All I need to do is listen, sense that and act on it. And I can avoid the thing that I could see coming or understand better that thing. Um, I had a moment where I was in the kitchen and I was just being dumb, blonde haired and dipshit, right? Moronic. I had a uh, powerized blender, mm. you know, like one of those, uh, what are they called? The vertical blender. You can, an immersion blender. Okay. The shit you can put into food and it will turn it into mush so fucking fast that that's that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was making dinner and, and I had this weird sense where I was like, and I just, I just had no shit moment. And I realized that I was taking the extra food off the blade with my hand down on the other end of the thing on the button with it plugged in. Wow. I'm sitting there holding it like just, just trying to get the extra food off, but not even paying attention. I've got my hand, like I've got like my hand like on the trigger of a gun pretty much. But instead of a gun, it's an industrial blender. And instead of a bullet, it's my fucking finger. Yeah. Um, and then I, I felt, I'm like, oh shit. Like this was really bad. I almost like lost my fingers. Yeah. This, this could have been really fucking bad. And Catastrophic. Yeah. yeah. And then not 15 minutes later, I do it again. And I press the button and it blends my finger. And I slam, a, I slam a blade through my finger now. And it's, I mean, and like, this is, this is a recent thing. Um, and, wow. I, and I became immediately aware. So what I interpret the, the, this to be is that I, I could see success, but I did not learn from the success that I experienced. Right? I, I could see it. I, I had my moment, pause, recognize, take my hand off the thing, unplug it, go, whoa, that was dangerous. Don't do that. But then I didn't learn. Why didn't I learn? There's the question. Because tell you what, I definitely fucking learn now. <laughs> you know, like it leaves a deeper, no pun intended, but it leaves a deeper impression, you know. Yeah. It leaves a deeper impression. And then we're talking about like realizing something. Why, why, why did you then turn around and do it again? I mean, it's a lot of factors that goes into that, but it when we form a habit or when we, when we form awareness it's because we've been what they would say uh sufficiently impressed and when we say impressed we mean not just in our conscious mind because we have thoughts in and out of our conscious mind all the time it's when it's sufficiently impressed upon the subconscious mind that is something that you just you think of without thinking of it. That it becomes that reality, not just a like a, a byproduct of the reality. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, you know, I appreciate the system almighty, but uh my finger hurts. Actually, I'll be honest, oh. freaky shit. I uh didn't I didn't even it was really scary. Uh because it flipped around and hit my finger and I didn't feel any pain. Mm. I, I, I was like, well, that's not a good sign. Mm. And I tried to pull my finger out and I couldn't. It was stuck in the thing. And so. In the blade. Wow. It, yeah, it was because it, it went, it made it, made it, the blade made it underneath the fingernail. So it was curved. Yeah. So it just, it got stuck there. Hit the bone definitively. You could feel it just like ring through your hand. Um, like the vibration. When you feel a vibration in your bones, it's very yeah. different. It's different, you know? Um, but the uh, shit. So in that sensation, that, 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 that moment, it, it like there was shock, but it was, it wasn't just shock. It was disconnection. They talk about it when you have uh, kind of like uh, out of body experiences, mm-hmm. 
right? Some cases it's very, it's very like I'm having a dream. It's astral projection. Other times it's very real where you just like, you're just pushed back into the background for a moment and you're not a part of it. And I mean, I mean, like I can remember like pulling and trying to tug my finger out of the blade and I didn't feel it. Like I didn't feel what was happening. There wasn't pain. There wasn't this, you know, sense of like, no, it was just like, I needed to do something. And that was, that, that became the most important thing. And so it wasn't, it wasn't about what you were feeling is about what you were doing. And there's a line there. There's this, there's a shift where the unconscious either receives something, it becomes impressed. So it is no longer to be impressed upon. And thus it does not need the observer. You know, it doesn't need the dude on the hand, hands on the steering wheel. It, it is. So it's, there's a disconnection, right? There's, there's this moment, an ordeal, so to speak. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk then about what is why the greatest. Didn't, why, why didn't Arjuna and his brothers learn? God dang, they tried to burn their ass up in the wax house. They tried, they put them into slavery, you know, all kind of shit. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about idiotic decisions? This, I mean, Christ. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, that's my family. I, I owe loyalty to my family. It's okay. They try to kill me. It's this family. Dude, he's, he's so chill with shit. I'm like, no, burn him. <laughs> I, I'm mean, like, obviously, right? You know, there's the there's a difference between the biblical character characters and the mortal characters. We got different engines, mm-hmm. or you know, different perspectives. Yeah. I oftentimes think that if it wasn't for the position of Krishna, even as a cowherd, you know, even in even in the point of youth, even as you know, you have memories and moments as a kid that echo forward today with mm-hmm. vivid clarity, sometimes at the weirdest moments to take us from A to B. Mm-hmm. And I think about Arjuna and I'm like, you know, you, you can have one contact with God, one visible living touch point, reflective moment, whatever you want to, however you want to classify that. Change your life forever. Change your life forever. You're never the same person from that moment on. You know, it's just this definitive, like think about the moment you like, you learn something. So here's, here's a question. What, what is something you know, soul? Like, you know, you like you got you got you could kill someone you could, and they die you with with how well you know this thing like it is a certainty it's an absolute nothing there, there's nothing that i know i mean you might say okay all people are going to die but i don't know that <laughs> you know that, you know, they say you got to pay taxes and die. There's clearly people not paying taxes. I don't give a fuck what you say. <laughs> and, and I do know that, you know, in Le- what's his name? Leonard Orr's book, Killing the, no, Killing the Death Habit. I think that's the irony of it. Um, he claimed to have met immortals. He was defining immortals as persons that were over 250 years old. He knew one guy who was 800 years old. So we routinely have people living to like one, like they're 120. So let's say if you add a little bit more austerity to the practice, who's to say you can't be a thousand years old? So and if you can do that, then who's to say you would ever die? I mean. You know, just yeah. No, I mean, no. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. So, so you say, so. All right. All right. So, I don't know. I feel like you kind of answered it, right? You know, you say there is nothing. Almost, I think that that that's kind of like we know nothing. We can know nothing. You know, you know, merely, merely. We can know our thoughts, maybe. You know, at least what they are. Well, 
so can we though? I'm like, because yeah, that's an interesting state. Because this is one of the things, and this is what the Bhagavad Gita fucked me on. You know, like, 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 like if it were a double-ended 12-inch thing, um, I wasn't walking straight because it represented this idea that it's not about, it isn't about what you know. The reality is that there is only one thing that is forever. And that is soul, that is self, that is, that is, that is this imperishable all, that is Krishna, that is, that is effectively God. That is the only thing that is all. Everything else will perish, it will fade, it falls away. And so thus anything that you can deem to be, even your thoughts, your words, your actions, that can't possibly be the reality because you possess it. And if you possess it, it's not yours, right? It's, it's just like, it's, it's mine. And if it's mine, then it's only one of my things. You know, it's only one part of the immaculate nature to me. Krishna being the whole, if it is understood by man in the mind that will perish, we know that we we know that individually we must come to an end. Then the physical, if nothing else, at some point we as we see that we began, then we we could follow logically. Now, maybe not, maybe this isn't a no, this is still an assumption. But if we looked all around us, we would say that even the stars go out. Everything that is born dies in some form, in some way. And so looking to that, that path and that space, the only thing that really is, is that which does not fade, that is imperishable, and that is the soul. But it is not, the soul is not the self, the soul is not the, so it's, you know, because when Krishna talks about it with Arjuna, he's like, the soul can't be hurt by weapons of fire, sound, thunder, you can't touch it. So why do you fear the body? This, you know, like if I can have a thought, that thought, because it came into being, it will leave being, so it is impermanent. So what is permanent? Yeah. Um, what's permanent is is the, the supreme <clears throat> personality of Godhead. I say that because they even delineate, okay, so our soul represents a certain nature, a certain, let's say, sphere of reality. And even that sphere of reality collapses everything collapses back to Krishna and at the end or or the all the most high whatever title that you want to ascribe to it um, in the Bhagavad Gita Krishna says everything comes back to me everything that you do comes to me by default if you are worshiping another god it don't even matter because that worship is going to come to me anyway everything comes to me you know? the big so, dickery of it is impressive <laughs> i mean he's just talking and stating facts about himself he wasn't bragging or boasting you, you know? know and that's the shit right oh god and i love it because he's really he's not he's like he, you know because Ar- and arjuna even asked he's like okay listen boo i know we've been friends for a long time i never asked this question so just bear with me um i know you say all this shit mm-hmm. are you how could you possibly he doesn't actually ask are you he never questions I'll be honest. I don't ever see. I don't ever remember reading, reading him question if like Krishna, that. but but he does ask, how do you possess this? How have you come to this? And there's three answers he gives. One in the first, which is analytical study. He says, "Well, look around you. Look look at the world around you. Do you not see it the same?" And Arjuna's like, "Okay, asshole." But right, there's an expression in German. It's "Valtars Obscharkeit." And it means you're not wrong. You're just an asshole. (laughs) 
That's very fun. It'll be, it's very applicable to many people. And so then the second you get taken to is this emotional connection. And it is, is a space where it's about duty. It's about this sense of, you know, emotional obligation, not to good or bad, but to do, right? To, you know, to, to move with the thing that motivates you to move as the sun motivates the plants, as, uh, you know, prey motivates the predator, as war is motivated by peace, et cetera. You know, you must be, but not to be either or, but to be in the space. And that, that has particular um, meaning because the implication is that he's talking about the caste that he happens to be in, which is Kshatriya. You know, you have the Brahmins, the Kshatriyas, the, uh, the, the uh, what, Kshatriyas. Sudras is the last one. You know, it's four different castes. And as a Kshatriya, his obligation is basically to kick ass and kill motherfuckers. That's his job. So like I'm a divine ass kicker. So how are you not gonna kill these people over here then? Oh, because that's my family. Nah, fuck all that. <laughs> He's like, whoa, 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 wait. Talking family. He's like, you think they're gonna give a shit? They're holding their weapons too. Are they on the ground sobbing like a bitch? Nope. Stand the fuck up. Yeah. Krishna yeah. gets real. He gets real. Like he 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 doesn't play. He even goes so far as to say that listen, it doesn't matter what the fuck you believe. Like you said, inevitably, you're all mine. He's like, and he's like, like, I am, I, you know, I am, I was, I will be forever, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they had to, he had to, see, it's kind of a catch-22 because um, the Yodana and, and the Kuravas, they represented an, quote-unquote, unprecedented evil in the history of mankind. Irrespective of how things was, they, they, they won that battle but still ushered in what we call now Kali Yuga, which is the age of darkness, just simply because they were trying to take over the world, you know, and it was, their darkness, quote unquote, was so great that even in defeat, they still ushered in the age of darkness, you know. So it's it's very, it's out there. <laughs> it's hard i'll be honest when you when you sit today so how do you reconcile with some of these aspects you know so like all right let's say let's say let's say some crack of ass shows up in front of you and says hey i'm gonna make i got i'm gonna give you three wishes we're gonna cause a massive change we'll shift the whole ass world but what you got to do is something seemingly impossible and, you know the, the the following request how do you reconcile with the duty to do that or likewise, the inability to answer. I don't think I understand the question. Okay. So, so you're Arjuna, right? Mm-hmm. You're brought to some crazy ass point where your duty as something more than the, the physical, any one of your parts, but the whole of yourself is called an invoked, just like Arjuna. Right. Your duty mm-hmm. is called upon, uh, but it means you have to, you have to go to war, go to, you have to do something which to you in the moment in this space is the clearest represented impossibility. You know, it, it is something to stop the chariot, to throw down the weapon for, and you know, cause you're there and I don't mean, you know, but so what, how do you reconcile with that? You've got to either, ask, you know, what do, what do you ask? What's the first thing you need to do to, to reconcile you know, one can't kick. Would you, would you just be like, okay, let's do it? Would you have any doubts, or would you just be like, okay, I'll sell my house, I'll sell my home, I'll buy a tent, and this is my new life now, right? Well, like, 
I'm a habitual doubter. <laughs> I'm a serial doubter. I'm like, I've always been, mm, you got to prove that, homie. <laughs> That's just been my, you know, the more noble answer would be, nah, I would just do it, but that would be a lie. I'm I'm a habitual doubter. <laughs> But, you know, I think that's um, that, too, brings out that devotional service because the, the almighty God took time out of his day to explain it in the most simplest way <laughs> in, the, in the middle of a war <laughs> to, quote, unquote, Doubton Thomas. He, he, he hit the divine pause button. He's just like, OK, bink, let's let's bink. talk. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't a short conversation, really. Like, no, they covered so many different aspects of what what having a physical body means. Not really shit. It's about the energy, and then <laughs> you know, you know, and you're just supposed to coming from a Western viewpoint. You're supposed to just take that and keep reading. Now I had to pause a little bit and and consider that when I first came across it. Like, okay, they just openly acknowledge, like the aliens, they openly acknowledge that it's all about the energy. It has nothing to do with anything of a physical nature, just that's the way they are. And then, um, you know, the, 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 again, you just have this unprecedented access to God directly. Like right here, right now, driving my, he's driving my chariot, right? So he's doing his service. In fact, leading by example, cause that's what he's supposed to do. So if he's doing what he's supposed to do, you're supposed to have done what you were supposed to do which is kill all these motherfuckers out here. <laughs> all right, all right, Mr. Mr. So, all right, so grand keeper of the library and you're called to write an incredible text and book. But to do so, you, you know, you've got to, you have to enter into to the, the, the scribe's room, you know, into that, that state of creation, mm-hmm. of inspired mm-hmm. space, to be presented with the muse who is electrified. Do you know the stories of uh, the story of the muses in Atlantis? Not yet. <laughs> so this is one that we can keep relatively short and sweet. So Atlantis is an interesting place, but one of the things that it did very well is the seven arts and science, the seven liberal arts and science, which we know so well, were venerated and known to be survival skills. And they were things that were in, in, instituted and understood as an alchemical science, perfected how you impart them to the individual. And so depending on the varying way you were born, grown, raised, your vibrational identity, it was immediately known where you went, how you did, how you operated. And there was a class, a very unique class called the muses. Now, the muses were those who were born, you could dare say, you know, you and I would represent a similar kind of character, right? You know, in the same way, we're both Therizian, we're both born in this very, you know, we embody similar energies, similar aspects. So one of those um, who fell within this super special time they were venerated because they were perfect. They, they, and by perfect, I mean, you looked at them and they embodied just beauty. They, they embodied the symmetry. They embodied harmony in all parts. They were the virgin uh, that, that you see categorized as the oracle. You know, every divine character ever, in, you know, them. Now, they were taken and trained from birth to death on how to dance. And, and it was a very particular series set of motions and movements that they would be painted in gold and then they would stand on a plate, a gold plate that would receive a very particular kind of charge and frequency run into it. That because of the conductivity, their entire body became a conduit for this energy, this collective energy that ran through the entire city. So all of Atlantis was connected by these massive 
um, lines, these, these artificially created like veins of uh, gold, of metal, of conductive quartz that allowed energy to move fluidly on its own vibrational level wherever it needed to go to keep the harmonized system. Um, and, you know, like you squeeze a bag, well, the pressure naturally goes out to wherever there's not that immediate pressure. And so the same in the city was connected to this. And so the deepest, this gold line that connected these pads, these plates um, that the muses would stand on, it ran, it was like the, it's, it's like your, your fiber optic internet cable. It went yeah. deep. It didn't, it didn't touch everybody else's, you know, it didn't get dirty. It was pure. It went right to the temple, right to the source. And every profession, everyone, bank tellers, like, like every keeper of a profession was positioned alongside a muse and all of their work was inspired. So this, this individual, when they would come in, they'd sit down, they'd begin their work. A muse began, you know, the, 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 the charge plate. And so this muse would dance and they would dance until they died. You know, like effectively it was this, this process where they, their life was dedicated to inspiring others and, and to mm. being this conduit for this pure flowing energy. And they inspired everyone and all things, to be that but there was a great cost in it because they had to be so when you were with amuse you were not with anyone else you know you you were not it was the sanctum sanctorum you walked into this place and there you dwelt with the reflection of god imagine if all of your movements were perfectly mirrored by another living being so that you knew it was you hmm. so even if you're counting even if you're calling you you know what you need to do because you can see it before you inspired just like we see nature we build technology we understand it we innovate under ad based on that understanding so to write this text to write this space to, to be called to go into this this challenge you know you have to get to that point to find your muse the thing which inspires you to be able to undertake the impossible hmm and this, what would be the purpose of this text again? So the the purpose of the the, the test. Not the text. The text. Which text are we talking about? The the one that is uh, inspired by the muses. Okay, so the the text that is created by the byproduct of the muses. Um, this ends up being a raw. What's the right way to word it? Okay, so like you're with the with the practical world building course. It's a similar point that. Um, you are left with something that is a reflection, something that is an access point. When you are creating something that is created without influence other than you, what you're left with is only you. Hmm. So then, you, you know, right now we, we, we struggle to understand ourselves because we can't see ourselves. Uh, oftentimes because we get so distracted by things that are not us, by material possession or connection that is artificial versus connection that is real. Like even though this is an artificial connection or this, 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 this genuine connection is being maintained by an artificial connection, the internet, the Zoom call, this space, the integrity of the reality, you know, the real connection supersedes the artificiality to create something that will move the world, mm -hmm. right? You know, that you and I can feel that, that, that thing. But sometimes people don't, it does not, it doesn't supersede it because they can't get to that connection because like if the whole time we're on this call, I'm distracted. It doesn't work. You know, like hey, we can't, and the ancient rites, you know, one thing they did have correct was the, you know, when people are distracted, they're easy to manipulate. You know, if you're looking yeah. here, you don't see me take it, <laughs> you know, and you, you know, the, the greatest masterpieces have been crafted and created. Like uh, it, they would be crafted and created over time. You know, but, but this is time alone with their art, with creator 
and creation. When there is only those two things, then you can see that then you see what all you see at all that there is. Mm. Indeed. Indeed. Arjun and Krishna, he definitely saw all there was. Yeah. Fuck. There is this tale. There is a tale. You want to talk about a flash show? Fuck. I don't know how you roll back from that, right? You're looking at somebody and then they suddenly they just go like, boom, I am all that is will be. And you're just like, turn it off. Turn it off. Like, it's like you got you, you got caught with your vibrating panties on at the airport and they won't shut off. It's like, I can't, I can't help myself. Yeah. I often wonder what that, what that would have been like. Of course, uh, invariably they, they have all kinds of pictures, but I'm quite sure the pictures pale in comparison to uh, seeing the ultimate form, you know, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. So what do you think would be, you know, so again, kind of looking back to that question to you, right? You know, you just imagine, even if it, without having to say, it, right? You know, even I think that you described it really well, you know, hardest thing you could be asked to do, ask your, ask the, the anyone around you to do would be to understand. But imagining and understanding the hardest thing that you personally could have to undertake and to do, what do you think it would take to motivate you to do that? If you were Christ, understanding you had to be crucified, how do you how do you keep each step progressing? How do you call Judas to do, you know, to become that? How do you how do you become the thing that you understand you need to be? I don't I don't think you become it. I think you are it. From the beginning, I think that, okay, so even with the reason, like, let's take lamb. The reason that, uh, according to that, you could say Christ was the Messiah is because he believed himself to be it and acted upon that belief at every turn until it manifested, Mm -hmm. you know, because he was it, you know. Similarly, um, I think anybody, like, everybody knows the Matrix, uh, the first one. Nobody can tell you. It's something that you have to know. Balls to bone, you know. It's something that yeah. you just know. <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's look at it like this. Though. But there are times when, like with Arjuna, you don't know. You're called into question, right? Mm-hmm. You, 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 you're called, caught to it immediately. <clears throat> Shit. And then likewise, while the seed of the oak tree is, in fact, the same oak tree, you could not build a boat with it. Mm-hmm. Though it, they both still float. Mm-hmm. So when you when you look at you know the, the need for time and the need for challenge right if there were no if there were no outer oppressive forces to call that seed to be to channel and move even the raw solar energy into its form it couldn't be the tree so when sure. consciously encountering these drives which 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 are taking you through states of transition where you have a choice you know, even if, even if choices, it's the illusion of choice. It's never about you making a choice because whatever choice you make has already been made, but it is that conscious engagement, which determines which reality you are with it. Mm. If we take the multiverse, say that, you know, Hey, it doesn't matter if I made yes or no, cause they both occurred. Well, then it is like, like we can take the Dr. Strange moment in the MCU. You know, there's one reality where we don't get our ass whooped or we recover from this. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you see that there's a determining moment where some variable, just like we talked about in the beginning, right? You know, there's a moment where you have, where you know that change point has occurred, where that cancer you lived with your whole life is no longer just 
latently sitting there, it got that one extra cell, which took it to the next state. There is a moment where it is determined. How do you engage with that determining moment, especially when you have that sense that you could make a choice? Um, well, I think it still goes back to your being it, right? And these pressing external forces are what, what make it happen. Um, how do you engage? Uh, I started to say simply, but it's not necessarily simple because we go through all kinds of emotions based on whatever is going on at the time. So I would imagine, let's say a person uh, that was feeling what Arjun was feeling at the prospect of killing the people that he held dear and for some reason, um, it still goes back to your, your, your duty. It's, it's what you are. So in his case, he's a Kshatriya. If you look at like maybe Eminem, right before he got discovered, he was really in a, in a bad way. And, but he was a rapper, that's what he was. He was doing his duty. If you look at any score of great writers that, who suffered greatly like Charles Dickens, you know, even through his suffering, he, he stayed, he was a writer, that was his duty. So what I would say is that irrespective of what is pushing in on you, like Krishna would say, do your duty. Why are you here? You know, that's what you should do no matter what's going on. And easier said than done, but that's that's how you approach it. Okay. That 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 answer will be I'm gonna this just he, he scribbles down important note just to remember that you know <laughs> I gotta gotta take notes, otherwise I have questions that I get in trouble for later. So all right, so let's let's kind of roll it into a uh, not a synopsis, but let's look at the this relationship and how this daunting historical text, this part of the story, right? Then you know that gives a hint, a picture of you of one aspect to a relationship. What do you think is the most important aspect to to this relationship with Krishna, with God, that we can take from the story? Service, service service because when you think about it doing your job how did you get your job if we look at the caste system in general it's supposed to be of divine origin divine creation so to partake in it is to be you know it's an it's a form of worship it's a service to god you know whatever it is that you are here to do you know um the relationship between arjun and krishna even when you think that that's not what you're supposed to be doing even though you're good at it like you're the best at it. Like Arjun was the number one killer, <laughs> you know, even when Straight you're good savage. at it, you know? And so you're so good. I'm reminded of Jay-Z. He did a masterclass where he said that um, he almost didn't become a rapper because it was too easy for him. And he, did, he had the mindset that because it was so easy, he didn't actually value it, right? Hmm. So it's it's... It goes back to the service and the duty. What do you, what do you, what are you here for? You know, and the relationship between even when Arjuna was the best and didn't know whether or not if he should do what he needed to do, understanding that, <laughs> understand who's driving the chariot, and understand that you can actually question and get an answer. You know, will it be as 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 plain as Krishna talking to? Uh, 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 June, it could, it could happen, 
all possibility, but a lot of times it will be something that is uh, symbolically aligned and has specific meaning to you particularly, you know? So that's the shit you got to write down, everybody. That right there, right? It does not matter about everybody else. Matters about you, boo. It it is what matters to you, what moves you, right? Basing it off of your experience, your space, not whatever somebody else says you should be or you should feel like or you should look like in this space. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, shit. Man, so, oh God, this always gives me this gives me such a religious and spiritual heart on when I consider the the enormity of this text and how it stands against the the the, the behemoths today, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got you know we we could take the you know you could take the Talmud, the Quran, the Holy Bible, New Testament, and any. Wow, I dropped the book. That's bad. Oh no. <laughs> um, I mean, no, that was in, this is editing. We're just gonna like clip and then that didn't happen. It's fantastic. You know, nobody nobody has to know. Um. <laughs> But, you know, it, the way that, it, that it, it paints something that is so diametrically different to what we know today. And I think that's where there's a lot of there's a lot of questions. Right? So I understand when we think we know what we're doing. I also know how, how long I have thought I was doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, coming mm-hmm. from a family of uh, just to be honest, like right winged exorcists that handled spirits and conscious energy with such violence. Mm. That being being understanding how that is not right that is not correct coming to space but i believed at one point in time you know we've all been radical we've all had an extreme belief something that we held to do you know deeply and sincerely that was was a duty you know and then that changes something happens there's a change point where enough of something builds and then you you see something different yeah. and you change and then you have it's this big change it's just this deep reconciliation it's like i look at our society and our world and sometimes i don't know what my duty is obviously it's like i look at my family i know my duty it's simple it's very simple i don't have it's not complicated at all but if i were to even for a moment listen outside listen beyond those simple forces those, those beautiful things any of the, the complexity of man then I or the systems, societal systems, so to speak, it drowns out that beautiful, honest little truth so fast, so fast. I could, I could suddenly think that I need to buy a home and get a new car and do these things and, and go in search of things that don't actually matter, that are in fact not my duty. You know, I didn't value my children. What I valued was the possessions that I tried to give them. And so it's easy to get confused. Two, two roads that run right next to each other. Mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there was a moment Still going to the same place yeah yeah mm-hmm. that is true you know if i you know if we, if, we, if we were eating sandwiches made of shit i would still prefer the one with mustard yeah <laughs> 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 now, i know you mentioned that you weren't necessarily sure of your duty but just just in a short time that i've known you and even reading um the document that you sent me earlier um it seems to me that your duty because duty is really like and I was reading about this earlier in, um, in a book called um, The Art of Money Getting. The Art, I forget who wrote it, but I have a book called The um, Prosperity Bible, and it's a story in it called The Art of Money Getting. And he was talking about in the chapter I read this evening uh, for my daughter was do the vocation that you're suited for. That should be, so I'm equating duty to being that. And the fact that it, it seems to me that media is your duty, you know, 
you actually put a lot of effort into media. You write well, very well. And I don't mean like stringing sentences together. I mean like just like writing scripts and stuff like that. You you clearly have a duty to media. And the, and the information that you bring on the media is always something that is, you know, if, if you're a listener, it's going to be something that challenges your thought. It's going to be something that try to push you towards enlightenment. So one could say that that's your duty to bring light, as it were, to, to people on a mass scale, you know. Well, thank you, brother. That that That's very, very kind. I, I always I always can get a little into like, I don't know what, I don't know. Thank you. I, I, I receive that with open arms and honesty in the space that I, there's a lot of times where it's easy to, to, to question one's duty, irrespective of, because we don't, because we, we get right, right back to the bog of the gear, you know, don't get connected to it, fruitive results. That's, that's yeah. negative. That's a deathly cycle of karma. You know, if, if I, if I want good and I'm only doing because it gets me good, well then hell. I don't think any of the motherfuckers who wrote any book of scripture and then suddenly were willing to die for it ever stood for a moment and decided that that was the easy thing to do. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Hey, we, we all take on the hard path. And sometimes the hard path is just realizing you're on the hard path. Like the, 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 path, the path of resistance, you know? Yeah. I was thinking about that. You're, when you make contact with something, people oftentimes think that in order for there to be friction, you have to feel heat, right? But if, you, if two things are touching, there is... A, on a quantum level, an insane amount of not just proximity, but friction occurring between these atoms, just mm -hmm. because I've chosen to do that, because innately, they ain't like that. Mm -hmm. So when you consciously will anything together, how that friction begins to change things, you know, well, the wind wears away the mountain, and over time, so the, the massive mountains of ideas, of thoughts that we get daunted by, sometimes it's simple things like Christianity, other times it's not simple things at all you know like it's like it's individualism mm -hmm. it's it, it's the uniqueness to my perspective and what i can prove and what i what do i know right you enter into some existential danger zones when you start asking these questions like what is you know what is really permanent yeah but these are questions that have to be asked for you know again i think we were talking earlier about um an age of revelation, things being revealed or revealed. These are, are questions that have obviously been asked before, but now we know a little bit more and you're in a position where you can pose it to a larger audience, you know, and then that, now they're pondering it. And see, I think the things that are going to heal this planet, it's not going to be just everybody simultaneously having a charge, change of heart. It's going to be people having seemingly unrelated events occur in their life. You know, they might scroll and, oh, let me listen to this and change the whole trajectory of their life. Or they go and talk to somebody. You know, that's the thing. You have to you have to have this kind of faith thing still that even when you're long and gone from your body, that the things that you've done are still having an effect, you know. I love that. That to me connects into what I imagine is like, so I, I get very nostalgic at remembering like the first rites. And the first spells, you know, you got to think that somebody woke up one day and they said, I, I understand. And because I understand, I know that I can never not again. And mm -hmm. so they, they asked, they looked up and, you know, with nothing could be in cave stone, whatever it may have been, you know, they, there was a moment, just a, a blink. And they asked, they made this request to everything that says, don't let me forget. 
you know you know like you, 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 it's like this umbilical cord that you think gets severed and then it's like you know you you parents we let our kids go really far away sometimes yeah you know going to all kinds of crazy places and it's never we're never not with them you're never not you know connected to them and attached to them that distance in is a part that allows growth to occur it's like you know it's like you need them you you, you got to step away so they can have room to grow back to you to, to, to yeah. come into that space and if you never step away you don't ever leave it they don't grow they die you know you you close a jar put a bug in a jar put anything in a jar and close it off you don't give it air you don't let it move it will die yeah. so when you have to when you have to step back it's not easy it's not easy yeah we put a lot of lightning bugs in jars in my day <laughs> Fuck, that was one of the i, I remember it this we was like you, you grab a jar so I would I would come out in the morning like oh they don't glow anymore and it's like yeah just set them outside they'll fly away you know <laughs> and nobody flying away poor little fuckers are dead they came out the fuck and they're gone like they're not even moving yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a thought experiment for you imagine being a lightning bug in the jar why you had to have that experience be caught taken out of your experience taken out of your world you're out seeking serving natural order in some force an intangible one separates you and puts you in a vacuum that you don't yet know mm -hmm. fuck that like some will look at it as as uh as as merciful because now you get to incarnate again into a higher being you know so it just depends okay. on who's looking at the picture <laughs> all know? right all right so what's what's the angle to it? that's a unique aspect of what krishna talks about as well when he talks about that cycle that mm -hmm. pivotal journey right there because it's not about if you only look at it from one side well then yeah you'll never you'll never see the thing you you don't you don't get the whole picture if you, if you were just a lighting bug in the jar well then you just died that was it right yeah. you know you you never became more but if that was really the transition point where i mean on a level even at that space right it's like you think there, there's a lot of people today who struggle because they feel like they can't find the same kind of uh, pairing like they're not finding relationships they're not finding others the same way that it, it, society creates the need that you should like they're like no i really would just prefer to be by myself like y'all are good you do you i'm gonna do me because i can do me way better than you could so you stay there i'm gonna stay here we're happy there, there, there's this kind of growing movement developing up uh, really just a need for individualism over union and repopulation, re re reconception. And when you consider the fact that when you create a child, you pass on genetic material, you live again, you know, you like you are passing on a lot, especially if you consider being active in their life to that point, then when you stop that cycle, right, you don't pass that life on anymore than quite literally, you don't go back into that cycle. You are going beyond it. You're leaving it. You know, if you, if you were an elder one having made the world and retired, well, the only natural thing left to do would be to die. You know, yeah. not to remain in a state of like, you know, it's just like, no, I'm done. I built it. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Good night. Dreams over, you know? <laughs> yeah. A state of endless duration. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I couldn't, I don't know. As a kid, I used to be unable to fathom the thought of death. And when I, when I've read, uh, Bhagavad Gita, Mahabharata, it kind of made, it made it make sense. Like, I don't, I don't recall obviously being this particular person, but I just have nothing in my mind 
that relates to being nothing. Like, you know, being nothing, you know, maybe not having a personality, you know, because for all intents and purposes, what dies is this personality. That's what gets the headstone, right? Not me. They call Krishna the bornless one. We're all bornless. None of us were ever born. The us part was never born and it won't ever die. You know, and, and it's he, getting he says that again. too. Yeah, that's okay. Fuck that. That's difficult. Because <laughs> yeah, because I mean, so because there's there's this vantage point, right? You know, it's like it's like you you you. This is the way again, like kind of going back to that original analogy, right? You know, you're entering your own dream to preserve it so you don't wake up. On inevitably, like a certain level, it's so you don't wake up. You know, you say yeah. you're preserving it. The only, even if it's, that's not why you're trying to not wake up, but that's what has to occur so that whatever the motivation is, can be sustained is you can't wake up. So in many spaces, you consider there's a, there's a story of about existence and it's that all, all of creation is just the dream of two siblings, a brother and a sister, hand in hand, a fallen asleep. And there, it's just a dream. And, and they're they they are it's this cycle whereby after a long day they're just you know they're they're exhausted in play and so our whole world is this not random but it is a story it is a dream of two perfectly innocent things experiencing all things that there are to be experienced you know it's mm-hmm. at the same point we close our eyes it's void it's in the dark it's nothing well in nothing nothing and everything are synonymous right Right. Uh, you know, anything everything nothing it wouldn't matter they you they are all arbitrarily the same thing when you when you judge it from the scale of perspective you know like mm-hmm. nothing nothing is it's it's just a scale so when we consider what is nothing you know, because that that's that to me that's what that's what is permanent nothing mm-hmm. that is what i know when i consider the fact that if, if nothing that i have ever known could ever be what is then i know nothing and as such nothing is what i could lay faith in to say that is god not right. nothing but no thing no yeah. any one you know it, 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 it is it is that state beyond i don't know yes that's weird it's it's yeah. difficult it's hard i it, that that concept um the nothingness of god actually gives me i guess it's probably from a from a um so-called logical viewpoint it gives me a great deal of relief because god is nothing you know you're not really debating it one way or the other you, you know it's, it's a very like you know you know yeah it, it, it drips down well down the boot and of course a lot of people would would take that the uninitiated would take that to be atheistic in thought because of course they would think nothing means nothing as if nothing could exist <laughs> that, that the concept right it's funny you you really you get different levels and i sit with this all the time in the craft you know and i really i think it, it, i think a lot of younger and older younger brothers struggle with it when they want to cause change they want to try to understand it you know it's like listen within the craft within just the system of body of humanity you've entered apprentices you got people who are going to be just toiling away doing shit that you really can't be bothered by mm-hmm. you've got others who are checking to make shit that make sure that that shit that you couldn't be bothered by are is done right Mm-hmm. the sending bag may you know keep it keeping it going and then lastly you've got the faithful few you have the masters who who are laying the work laying the plan and there right these this is not done through this the through through an understood system this is done through a mystical system of relationship 
you know, I always imagine that, that like on a certain level, those, those, those three ancient masters were just a bunch of drunk fucks chilling, you know, it, like the original boys club, like, you know, like you got the spirit flow and, you know, you've got, you've got art and conversation and kind of like, you know, like everything is and anything in possibility is moving. And so, and so that's the perfect, the perfect reality occurs because nothing, no thing was defined. And as such, all things could be seen. Right. right. You know, right. it's just this whole this balance point of what what is and the way that you get there. You know, it's difficult when you if you think you're a master and you're chipling, you're you are a master of that one stone. That's mm. what you are a master of. You are a master of the one stone. You are not the master of the quarry. You right. are not the master of the temple. You are the master. Of, now you know you're the master of the temple when you're where in the temple. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you don't hear when you're in the temple? The sound of tools. It's silent. Right. It's quiet. It's either in prayer to God or in direction of labor and work. And I think about that, right? You are either working or understanding how to work better. Beyond that, there is no purpose behind the drive to, to exist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They kept it simple. I like it. Yeah. Really, so as we come to the end of all, all, one of I love these podcasts. These things I will cherish them until I, you know, inevitable dementia or too much marijuana causes me to forget them. <laughs> yeah, definitely a great time. I appreciate it. What shall we send off our audience with? I leave it to you. All right. So, in the vein of the of the Bhagavad Gita, I would say, uh, do your duty. If you don't know your duty, just look at what you like to do. That's your duty. It may not pay a whole lot right now, but that's not the big picture. Do your duty. Why? Because it's your duty. Mm, I'm going to falcon punch it right in the dick, so we're going to fight. <laughs> in this mic tonight, it ain't pretty. That's beautiful. That's short. That's sweet. That's simple. That's the dinghy that's going to get me across the ocean. What a wonderful night. Thank you so much for your time for this event. I look forward to the next opportunity. I don't know what, what we're going to crack open, but it's going to be fantastic. Yes, sir. Let's go. Let's go ahead into Atlantis. <laughs> oh, fuck. Let's do it. Uh, let's yeah. let's hit it. You know, that's you know, like, let, let's crack it. All right. The next time we see you, beautiful bastards, we will be uh, reviving and raising the ancient sunken city of Atlantis. Maybe even share and discover its true name. With that, be well, be blessed. Cheers, my friend. Likewise, bro. Peace.